0: Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement
1: Show, presented by Suburban
2: Leisure Center, the place with the big red chair.
0: Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX.
2: All right, Hour 3, Home Improvement, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. We've kind of gotten into heating and cooling, mini splits, central air, duct work, uh, and I've talked to a little bit. Uh, we've had two hours today uh, previous. Uh, great questions. I enjoy this. Uh, I can tell you're all out running around uh, doing your holiday shopping, preparing for uh, getting together and all the things. So take me with you as you go. If you don't have a radio right there with you, you can pop in those earbuds and do Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y, the Odyssey app. And listen to me as you go holiday shopping. Now, imagine that, thinking about toilets and heating and cooling and ductwork while you're picking out shirts and gifts. I mean, it just doesn't get better than that. What? Oh, it does? Oh, never mind. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, 314-436-7900, brings therapy to me, you're the therapy, give me a call, talk me down, we'll get through this together, 314-436-7900. Uh, we started out uh, Hour 2 talking about insulation spray foam, Tom was doing a new build, which new construction, so you kind of get to you know, pick out whatever you want. Uh, the good news about custom building, which is kind of my day job, Mosby Building Arts, we are custom remodelers. We have licensed architects, all the designers, you know, pretty much everything from stem to stern, everything it takes to do a residential project, Uh, because, you know, I've learned over the years that communication is still the toughest part, Uh, getting the left hand to talk to the right hand. We still have our problems, and that's primarily what my job is, is the process of getting it right. Uh, We have great people. We have very uh, incredible products that we put together. We know how to put them together. I study that stuff. I train that stuff. I wind up as a student as well as instructor, traveling around national basis. Um, and no matter how much you know, the, the, how much you learn, the less you know oh man that really kind of describes me uh, so you know the more I learn the less I know and then that's a fact uh, so anyway we can talk about that 314-436-7900 uh, the point being that the insulation stopping the air leaks things that we've known forever you know typically the door doesn't seal right the windows don't quite seal they're drafting drafty and windy well think about that your electrical outlets all the wires that go into a new house you can either see Seal up around those things or not. Well, when you build them new, everything's open. The whole structure, the entire spine of the house, the framing box, you get the opportunity to um, um, put in the wiring, put in the ductwork, put in the plumbing, and then seal it all up. And when you put together literally hundreds of thousands of pieces of building materials, hundreds of thousands, lots of them, everything has a joint. And, you know, it's wood to wood. It's, it's metal nail to wood it's a staple, it's a fastener it's a, you know, a bracket it's a piece of steel that then connects with wood and so everything has a joint and every joint has an opportunity for movement failure and leaking uh, so when you get the opportunity to insulate and, and really seal up a box, what we call the thermal ends envelope, basically the outside surfaces that face the weather of your house. You know, you get all kinds of benefits there. Well, let's go to the phone lines here. I'm going to see what's cooking here. We've been talking to uh, Chris. Hey, Chris, Scott Mosby, good afternoon. Welcome to Lunchtime, KMOX. How can I help?
1: Hey, Scott. I'm right with you on the excitement about uh, talking about all this stuff. So cool. Um, anyway, I, uh, <laughs> I... <sighs> Um, there's a guy that uh, was – or, I mean, I got kind of excited when you were talking about heating and cooling. And what, what I've got at my house is uh, it was originally built with a baseboard heating system yeah. and a air conditioner. And so what they did is they actually uh, put in the outlets. The, the supply lines are up high. Yeah. And the returns are down low, and and I'm in, I had a heating cooling system put in when I moved in, and I got to thinking about it the other day, sort of like you were talking that it might be worthwhile for me to cut a a hole in the wall by the ground, yeah, for and then swap them. I guess the question I had is um, with the return lines on the floor. That's Am I going to defeat this whole thing, or is it going to work out okay, or what What do you think?
2: Well, it's a higher investment. It's tougher to do because when your returns are on the floor, um, you know, to get it up higher, you need to get it through the wall cavity up high on the wall. Well, you know, the only way to open that up when when we're building a new room addition or a new structure or house or whatever, uh, you know, all the 2x4s are wide open. So you cut out the bottom plate in between the two 2x4 two wall studs and then the the plywood sheathing underneath that and then you connect your return air. Well, you know, so all that cutting is really easy to do now to go back and to tap into that floor return air duct box. Um, You're going to need now a sheet metal piece to come off the side and and line up underneath the wall as well, and then cut open the wall and chase it up to the top. So it is doable. It's going to be more costly, a little more investment and you know frankly when i get into all that i look at that and then i look at the various rooms i've got it's like okay one two three four five six you know when you do the bedrooms and the living room and the family all that like wow i'm gonna do that six times that means i'm repainting six walls and they haven't been repainted in five years now i'm repainting six rooms you know (laughs) now you're into the modeling project that's like well just a little bit more and pretty soon you're at ten thousand dollars like hey man How'd I get here?
1: Yeah, never mind. <laughs> um, yeah, right, well, never I guess, mind. <laughs> yeah, is it would it be worth worth it for me just to since the supply lines go all the way up to the ceiling already, would it be worth just putting in that that floor based and then switching the vents? And that would probably buy me a little bit of something? I'm and, not because that's an you easy there. fix. Okay. Tell me again. So the supply the supply vents are at the ceiling. The yeah, one where's that your go unit? Out is your unit up out. in the
2: attic? Is your AC unit in the attic or fee, fur, furnace up?
1: No, no, it's actually oh. down. Uh, this is this is a really interesting house. They uh, it's got a crawl space <laughs> yeah. for about seventy five percent underneath, yeah. and the furnace was installed three quarters of the way down on that crawl space, so I had to buy a unit that could sit on its side. Sure, um, okay, and it, and then so now it's feeding out, and then what they did is they since they were cooling only with that system previously they ran the vents all the way up to the top and so they're up by the ceiling and so now i could just cut a hole by the floor put a vent in there and that would i think that would buy me a little something if i if i did that
2: okay i'm following you now now there is a sheet metal galvanized box duct inside between those two by fours on the wall so if you supply from a unit in the crawl space or down and it uploads to those supplies uh, you can effectively do the same thing but instead of just cutting through the drywall or plaster you'll cut through the drywall or plaster then into that galvanized sheet metal duct and have to put a flange that comes out and to register so yes you can and that is doable uh, now the issue is when you're doing the supply, you need closable registers on the top and the bottom because with the which with the pressurized supply lines, it will blow out the bottom, but it will also pressurize all the way to the top, and you'll double blow that room. So you have to shut off the top and open the bottom with your when you're doing a supply. And then when you shut off the bottom, you open the top. They don't just, you know, starve off the return from the bottom only, leaving the top open. You follow what I'm saying there?
1: Yeah. So I need to to do the air conditioning up high in the summer and the heating down low in the winter and have the opposite one closed.
2: Yes, and both are supply registers that open and close on the bottom and the top of those supply lines, whereas with a return... Uh, you just leave one return open at the top, and then the one that has to seal is only at the bottom. Because when you open that on a return, your suction is a direct draw right into that negative pressure, you know, return duct. I'm with you. Okay, good. good. I, it was oh. easy. I, I could have lost you with that when I was on the edge myself. So.
1: Oh no no I I was right with you. All right. Well thank you
2: Scott and have a have a great day. I will. And holidays to you brother. Thank
1: Same you. to you. Bye-bye. All right,
2: Scott Mosby, uh, home improvement uh, again. You can tell when you get into the and, and that that's my history. So you know, I was the guy that built stuff. You know, we did a good quality quality building was you know good fasteners, plumb, level, and square, solid. You know, overbuilt structures. thing you know cracks don't occur. You minimize your your movement in a structure. Yada yada yada. Well, then you double or triple the energy cost. It's like oh my gosh. Now, sealing up air leaks is a big deal. Well, you know, carpenters and plumbers and heating and cooling guys, you know, we weren't trained that way. That wasn't really the world that we came up in. It was, you know, good quality construction built for stout, as my father would say. Then we start, uh, you know, sealing everything up. Oh, my gosh, you know, we had the oil embargo in the 70s and all that stuff. We need to, we need to save energy. So we need to build our houses tighter. So we did, and we sealed up everything, and we didn't let them breathe and didn't let them move, and we put a bunch of insulation in them, and, oh, wait a minute, down in Florida and in the southern half of the United States, we have humidity. Well, what we did is we trapped a boatload of moisture in the wall cavities. And then, you know, we get 100 degrees outside, whether you're in Florida or St. Louis. We just steam those wood structures into wood rot. so we really messed some stuff up. My point being that as we learned and technology advanced getting all that stuff to play well together in the sandbox like in kindergarten became ever more important because our industry really messed up a lot of things, trying to make things better. Uh, So now you're really kind of looking at my job description, my responsibilities, is go look for trouble, find it, and then keep us out of trouble. There's your Scott Mosby uh, job description. Uh, Phone lines right here on CAMWEX, and now I've been 25 years on CAMWEX. 314-436-7900. Bring it on, bring it in. Vote early, vote off them let's get them going uh because we're into heating and cooling and 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 i love this stuff uh because there are a lot of unintended consequences that come from uh, things you know like our electric cars we had electrical electric vehicles what a great thing you know so now we have lithium batteries running around on the highways you know crash they bump into each other now we have firefighters out dealing with lithium batteries you know, just like the carpenters that grew up without an energy thing, you know, our firefighters are now dealing with technology and stuff that they need to be trained for. So there's a, another example of how, you know, the people that are, you know, trained and, and responsible for keeping us safe when things go awry, like firefighters, paramedics, all those guys, it takes a boatload more of of training for them, too as technology advances. Well, I'll talk about this and more when we come back right here on University of KMOX.
0: This is the
1: KMOX Home Improvement Show presented by Suburban Leisure Center, the place with the big red chair.
2: Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, indeed. Back together, home improvement. Scott Mosby, life is good here. A little chilly, getting warmer. Uh, well, you know, we might make it to the 50s. We have some phone lines open just for you, and that is 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Stay tuned today, 1 o'clock following this show, your retirement professionals, 2 p.m. here on Camwex, the business of family business tonight. Uh, In the 6 o'clock hour, I think we've got the Billiken basketball, so the Bills go at it again on the big wooden floor and uh, lots of things to talk about. Let's go to my phone lines here and talk to my friend Debbie. Debbie, good afternoon. Welcome to Wax. How can I help?
0: Yeah, Thank you. I'm glad we're on this uh, furnace topic here. Um, We have a uh, two-story brick house um, in the city. Anyway, our, our, um, when my husband has friends over in his, uh, we call it a dungeon, in his man cave. Yeah. Our, yeah. our second floor renter complains about cigarette smoke wasting up into their apartment. Yeah. Now, the, the first floor and the basement are on its own furnace. And then the second floor has its own furnace, which is like two rooms away from the man cave. Mm-hmm. Are there any super duper filters um, that might assist with uh, preventing that wasting going up there? Uh, and also, you... also, i put air, we put air duct. Um, we put um, the tape over over the uh, hole where you put the furnace filter in, thinking that the smoke was wafting into the back room. And so we covered that up. But
2: with this lady, it doesn't seem to be helping. Well, uh, number one, uh, my wife is very sensitive to cigarette cigar smoke And we actually trained some of our employees. So if you have cigarette butts that cleaned up and Mosby cleaned, you know, we have cigarette breaks. We don't have too many smokers anymore. But when we did, they would throw those uh, extinguished cigarette butts in a trash can. If Judy took the trash out the next day, lifted the lid, she lost her voice and went into a very... So my point with that is not about my wife. My point is that some people, the amount of... um, reaction they have is different. So there is no standard acceptable uh, limit for both mold and for cigarette smoke. So a little, little tiny bit. I mean, we're talking about cigarette butts from four days ago. And unless you saw her reaction to it, kind of an asthmatic attack that uh, she just grew up in a house full of smokers. And, you know, that was the overhead that passed on to her. Uh, So the Mm -hmm. issue is that your tenant, you know, could be on the higher end of reactivity to this. So a tiny, tiny bit is too much. Um, So I'm now, uh, you throw in forced air furnaces with return ducts, you know, with, you know, quarter and third horsepower blower motors that draw a huge vacuum on half of the house and a huge Mm -hmm. pressure on the other half of the house. I promise you, as long as you're running both of those heating and cooling units, uh, she will smell that cigarette smoke. And Mm -hmm. uh, for example, now, uh, actually I have cigar night over at my house and I've got a patio and the patio is covered if we hold that underneath that roof, and this is outside the house, but it has ceiling fans and ceiling lights and a common attic, my wife cannot be in the house. Uh, we have to sit outside of that roof overhang on the outside of the house just because, of the uh, you know, the house was built, you know, back in the uh, 90s. It wasn't sealed mm-hmm. up the way they used. So my point being that uh, if you have smokers in that structure, your tenant will experience it period. Okay. (laughs) All right.
0: So, um, you know, she was saying when she can afford it, she may, um, get a, um, a room air filter. That that
2: will help. That -hmm. will help. But as long as you have a, um, machine that is its job is to move air inside that structure, even if it's a separate unit, Uh, It's the wood-to-wood structures, the brick-to-brick masonry structure of that two-story unit before the furnaces were put in. That thing leaks by itself enough just to let the smoke get in there. All right. Okay. yeah, you're like, yeah. you know, two strikes out of 3 and the third one is she's, you know, very sensitive. And and we get into this with mold, there is no acceptable level with for mold, you know, so some people mm-hmm. are highly and, and that's why there's no federal level of it's okay at this level and not okay at. The, well, it's not okay. They don't have a number. You know, other than uh-huh. the, legally they picked a number, but there there is no number that is sensitively sensitivity okay, sensitivity not okay, you know. When you get uh-huh. sensitive people, you're done. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate
2: relieves some of our guilt, I guess. But um, yeah. Well, here's okay, what you can for do. for the explanation. Okay. Here's what you can do. You can put a big vacuum fan, an exhaust fan, straight to the outside wall, right outside the house. So what you do is you draw uh, it. Take a big box fan, uh, stick it in the window, point it outward and open the other windows in the house, what will happen is that box fan will push all the air out of that room. So their smoke goes right through the window. Um, and you have to have makeup air. And that means you're, open, you're, you're making all the rest of the house too cold because you're drawing in all that cold air. That's the mm-hmm. best way to handle it. And uh, mm-hmm. even that, uh, when you're blowing the smoke outside, as evidenced by my cigar night in the patio, I mean, we're totally outside. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, unless my wife's gone, we just don't, Cigar
0: Night here. Okay. I seldom
2: smoke cigars. I just like hanging with the boys. So anyway. (laughs) I hear you. Okay.
0: Well, thanks a lot for the information. Appreciate it.
2: Okay. Thanks. Good luck. It's it's a big one Mm -hmm. here, Deb. Good luck. All right. Home Improvement. Scott Mosby, KMOX again. Uh, I promised uh, to get into humidifiers. It's taken me two and a half hours to kind of get to this. But uh, keep in mind the types of humidifiers, the heating, and cooling. We got into many splits. We got into furnace filters. We got into insulating, uh, spray foam, wet cell cellulose. Uh, I can explain more of this. Those of you that have been exposed to this stuff, you know what I'm talking about. If not, as you're going around doing all your holiday shopping, have fun. Take me with you. I enjoy it. If you're, If I'm with you there in the car Uh, kudos to you Um, holiday greetings to all of you in every form Uh, so uh, you know I have studied a great deal of uh, uh, religious history um, in an effort to find leadership and uh, some of the best leadership models uh, come from our notable um, say you know Moses Jesus uh, Muhammad I mean peaceful people that really held a ton of power and wield it with compassion. So, I mean, that was, that's kind of my model. Uh, there's more spirituality in me than, than that. But still, um, my experience was, if you want to learn leadership, you know, go back a few thousand years, you can learn some stuff. Uh, because, you know, now we're talking about uh, very influential people, people that thousands of years later we're still talking about studying, uh, learning from. Uh, so just on the whole level of what is good leadership how do you teach good leadership what traits what values what behaviors uh offer people um the choice of whether i'm going to follow this person man or woman or or not so anyway uh, this this season i get very grateful around thanksgiving that's one of the things i'm grateful for anyway enough of that 314 436 314 bring them in bring them often, and, and i promise i will Talk about uh, humidifiers, you know, the things that make the air wet during the winter when I come back here on KMOX. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show, presented
1: by Suburban Leisure Center, the place with the big red chair.
0: Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX.
2: All right, back together. Hour three, home improvement. We have another half an hour. Uh, six o'clock tonight, right here on KMOX. The uh, Saint Louis U- uh, University Billiken basketball is going to broadcast. One o'clock, your retirement professionals, right here on KMOX, and two p.m. Business of Family Business. Scott Mosby at your service right now. Uh, and I had promised, well, I promised for the last two hours to discuss. Th- uh, humidifiers uh, and for for those of you, there are two things i 'm going to circle back a dehumidifier I know you're laughing at me those that understand dehumidifiers take moisture out of the air, make the air dry that is good in the summer that's what you do in a moist basement, a wet basement, uh, trying to take the humidity out of the air in the summer, which is what an air conditioning system is an air conditioning system central forced air furnace is just a big. Dehumidifier, which is why you have that condensate line, that little hose that comes out of the bottom to drain the water away as that cold fin air conditioner removes moisture out of the water vapor situation. Okay, humidifier puts water in the air. So I've have had people call and say, I've got droplets on my windows. I keep turning my humidifier up and I still have droplets on the windows. So I'm going back to some of that. A humidifier puts moisture in the air. There is what's called a wet media or foam uh, humidifier. Uh, These are not as common today, but they are highly effective. They put a lot of moisture in the air fast, but you have to really stay on top of maintaining those because what you had in, in years past was a sponge circle on a rotating thing where you would have a tub of moisture of water, you know, it'd be a little pan of water, might be Two inches deep and the water stayed there all the time your humidifier would recharge that so when it called for water you'd get more water and this foam would turn in it the air would blow by and you could get a lot of humidity fast the problem is when that furnace turns off and it's still warm and moist You've got this foam that is soaking wet, just sitting still 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and it started having mold and mildew problems. So they are very effective, but they're not very often seen anymore. It's called wet cell um, uh, humidification, and it's basically the media stays wet all the time. Then there's the waterfall, kind of the April air, or what's called dry media, and that's where the water falls down across this metal mesh thing that kind of looks like an air filter, if you will, uh, or if you've ever had an electronic uh, air filter, that thing was very similar to it. The water just cascades down that. The air moves past it, uh, and as long as the blower motor is moving air past that waterfall, uh, you're humidifying the air, it's less effective than the wet media because uh, it, it, um, uh, it, the bigger your media is, the better the humidification is. So, you get you know, you, there's three sizes and various units, models, and brands. The point being is, what the good part is when you stop the blower motor, the flow of water stops, and then there's no puddle or pool or pan of water in that humidifier that can grow things so you don't have to treat the water you, you know the issue for one season you tip, typically don't have any mold mildew or things like that because it's, it does dry off in between the sit, the settings or in my house where I run my blower motor all the time I have a thermostat that sets the relative humidity so I dial it at 39 30 percent or 29 percent something like that and when it senses it's too dry let's throw a little water in the air it does um So that's the one. The best, highest cost, most effective humidifier is a steam humidifier, like a steam generator. And it's, you know, just like your teapot. It just heats up water. Water turns to steam. Steam blows into the air. The air blows by in your furnace. You can get a lot of humidity into a house very fast. And you can control it quickly so you can drop that level you can raise that level and when we have homes that have uh, you know uh, valuable things like uh, uh, might have some antique furniture that's been in the, the family for a long time well you want a relatively stable humidity in that house so your wood doesn't expand and contract and all the joints break and all the shellac and uh, clear coat finish on it just falls off because the wood's getting bigger and smaller and bigger and smaller you're crown mold all your joints open up on that your furniture your cabinet joints uh the doors you have if you have wood doors which is why we now have composite masonite doors because there aren't joints it's one big overlay sheet pressed onto the lumber frame of the door and you don't have that cracked Uh, paint or finish problem that we typically do with a traditionally built um, you know style and rail you know with a cross bar you know six panel door four panel door one panel door all that stuff those are made out of wood pieces Uh, so anyway this gets into the humidity so uh, best uh, steamed humidifier Um, highest cost It does need to be maintained, so you have to clean it every season. I advise all three of these models and types get cleaned. It's not about a a brand, Uh, and as we get into uh, thermostats, thermostats is the slickest thing since sliced bread. I really, uh, I uh, for example, uh, there are thermostats now, and they haven't really crossed over. Uh, Honeywell makes really good thermostats. Uh, They also do entire building. Um, environmental systems so it this is just a little version of what they do for you know skyscrapers 20-story buildings, stuff like that uh, but you can have the humidity where you set the number on that and it will talk through an electronic interface and tell the humidifier whether to add humidity or stay turned off, uh, it monitors how blocked your filter might be. Uh, it also uh, runs the furnace, um, and for example. Uh, there are units that have a geothermal unit and then a gas or an electric supplemental unit that if something happens to one, you wind up with the other operating. Well, those thermostats can actually do that, and they are indeed Wi-Fi remote controllable. Well, see, I promised I told you I was geeking out, but that kind of controllability from anywhere on the globe remotely, uh, you know, and I could tell if I was traveling and the temperature in the house dropped I would get an alarm from that thermostat that said, oh, you're you're at 65 degrees in the winter. You set that as an alarm time. So, hey, I'm just telling you it's 65. It's like, well, wait a minute. The furnace should be running just fine. So, anyway, those are some of the benefits from all that. Let's go to the phone lines here and talk to my buddy Joe. Hey, Joe, Scott Mosby here. Welcome to KMWACS. How can I help?
1: Yeah, Scott, good morning. Say, yes. I have a question regarding the uh, backflow valve and associated uh, hardware plumbing. Yeah. Should it be insulated for the winter time?
2: No, it should be drained.
1: It should be drained. Well, normally you get the system drained, but uh, is there not any residual water in the backflow valve, for example, in that diaphragm?
2: Right, right. Because typically, the for example, in my house, it's down in the basement. There is a petcock or a lever where we shut the water off to the irrigation. You open that up. And not only do the irrigation guys pressurize with an air compressor and blow out all the lines in the yard, they also open at that backflow preventer and the air comes in there and it drains all the water all the way down into the basement where they stick a bucket and they drain all the water. So basically, there is no water in either sides of that copper pipe to the backflow preventer. You following me there? Listen to the phone here, uh, Joe, because your radio seven seconds later.
1: I'm sorry. Courtesy
2: Janet Jackson.
1: <laughs> no, I'm with you. Okay, yeah. so uh, what I'm understanding then, there's no need to do any additional insulating of any type on the exterior hardware, the backflow valve, and associated plumbing because the system has been blown dry.
2: Yeah, and drain dry down into the basement. And drain, Just by right, right. Yeah. That, the okay. best of both worlds. Very good. And they Thank generally leave it. those. Right. Happy
1: holidays to you.
2: All right. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. Uh, and one thing I learned uh, the hard way um, is most of the uh, the irrigation guys, when they service that, they're little um, blade screwdriver screws that open and close the air. So when they open those up, um, if you don't turn the water off, water comes flying out of those things just like a pressurized water hose. Uh, but when you turn the water supply off and then open it up down below in the basement, they open it up outside at the, at the backflow preventer, the air goes in and down. They leave those screws at a 45-degree angle because if it's turned one way or the other, it's kind of hard to figure out. It's like, well, is it open or is it closed? Well, if they leave it at a 45 you know, for sure, it's like, well, that's not right. I don't know which way open and closed is, but that's typic, That's neither. So then, you know, you realize it's like you're anybody who walks up there. Uh, so those are some of those little workman-like manners uh, that I look for in various things when I walk around a home. I can tell the level of care, the level of trade skills that have been around that structure. I can literally kind of see behind the walls to know how smart the service people were that came to a home so when we're assessing a home for a room addition kitchen you know whatever uh remodel project we're doing uh, there are there are a dozen little pieces that tell me whether somebody cared and cared for that house that tells me a lot about what i can expect to find behind the walls scott mosby home improvement we'll be back for more right after this
0: this is the kmox home improvement show presented by suburban
1: leisure center the place with the big red chair
0: now scott mosby on the voice of st louis kmox
2: Yes, indeed. Back together. Home Improvement. Scott Mosby at your service. 314-436-7900. 436-7900. A great three-hour show. Lots to talk about. I wish you all the very happiest of holidays and gatherings with all your friends and family. Uh, uh, Some we can pick and some we're uh, born with. Uh, All that we love in the various forms. Scott Mosby and truly... Uh, grateful for all the time I've had here on KMOX, my connections and uh, relationship with you. Thanks for being part of the KMOX uh, family. Uh, we take our role very seriously in our community. We go back to 1925, I think, when KMOX was founded. So, uh, you know, being a part of the community in the position that we are, uh, and you can see it with uh, the the shows what we call programming Monday to Friday and then our weekend shows as well. So I'm very uh, pleased, grateful, happy to serve you here. And certainly will uh, I think, see you next week here. God willing, as they say, uh, we talked about thermostats, humidifiers, mini splits. I want to get into a little bit more about mini splits as we go here. A mini split is just kind of a slang term. So, a hvac heat vent and air conditioning system a furnace a forced air furnace and air conditioner what's called central heat central air that's a split system it has a condenser compressor outside little skinny lines and tubes and pipes that go from the outside to the inside and then the furnace the a coil the you know air conditioner coil inside or the furnace unit, the either resistance, heat, uh, heat pump, um, gas, fired, probe, whatever it is. But there's not a whole lot between that outside unit and the inside unit, so it's called a split system. You split the noisy stuff. You have the big uh, fan outside, and then you have the fan in the central furnace downstairs or up in the attic or in the crawl but wherever you would choose to design and put it. But what comes into the room in a central AC system is just moving air. So all you hear is the consistent central air. Uh, For me, I'm an advocate of constant filtration. um, And I've got an ultraviolet light on mine as well that uh, kills all kinds of viruses and and biological nasties. So I want to blow the air through all that and I get the air cleaned up as well. So I just leave the blower motor on all the time. Well, nowadays, you know, in the winter, when I'm creating a lot of heat, I'm raising the heat, and the, the more you heat up a certain amount of moisture, the further apart those molecules get. So, the further apart the molecules get, there are fewer those little droplets in the, say, a square foot or a cubic foot of air. The mo, the humidity, the relative amount of water in that unit or container. Everything moves further apart you have less humidity so when you heat you have less humidity so that's the purpose of humidifiers or putting moisture back into the air uh, to not dry out your hardwood floors that creak and squeak and shrink and all the gaps between the boards that humidification if you drive it to the point of you know 28 30 uh, percent that's a relative humidity i like some of you that have asthma, COPD, some of those uh, respiratory issues on a medical level, uh, that is not true. You run that relative humidifier or lack thereof, according to your physician's recommendations. So there, when you get into compromised medical situations, with respiratory especially, then what I'm saying about, you know, make the air wet, you know, the wetter the air is, the the less static you have. So there are other byproducts, but the more little things can grow in that humid, warm air that we're humidifying inside the house. So, therefore, it's not good for various respiratory patients. Uh, So that's the caveat. But the more moisture you put in the air, the less static electricity, because what happens is the air transmits that electric charge, and you don't have a zap, you know, when you touch that grounded sofa or the metal door or whatever it is that happens to ground you and complete that, that charge. Uh, so humidifiers are a big deal. Mini splits, back to what a split system is, is just a tiny system for one room. That's how it started. Well, what you get is you get perfect and complete controllability for that one room. It has no ductwork between it. You Like a split system and a central system, all you have a couple little skinny pipes going back and forth from the outside part to the inside part. Well, that makes it kind of neat. So you can put these mini splits, you can put heat or cooling uh, or both in any room you want. And typically, we discovered them at Mosby Building Arts, my day job. When we did three season rooms, we would build, uh, you know, put storm windows on uh, screen porches. And we started closing it up where we wouldn't really insulate it, and heat it, cool it. But you take the chill off, you know, especially like today, you get up around 50 degrees, you go outside, put a little heat in that room kind of nice to be out there because you can raise it 20 degrees to 70 degrees you'd be pretty comfortable in that room 65 70 inexpensively and easily not so at 29 degrees in the morning so understand that so we discovered those mini splits uh and now the industry has become familiar enough that there are twin mini splits that you have two units and three units And sometimes, anyway, the point being that you get that controllability and you can augment or supplement heating and cooling for that um, room over the garage, uh, sometimes called mother-in-law quarters, maids quarters, you know, typically where the teenager escapes to be away from the family. Well, that heating and cooling, even to the question we got in hour two, uh, one of our uh, callers, uh, Tom, about a lake house. Well, you know, I mean, if, if... if you have good heating and cooling to a room you never use because it's so poorly conditioned, that's like getting a room addition for the cost of a little mini split air conditioner furnace thing. So his point was, you know, is it really worth it to go? Well, what you get with these mini splits is they're pretty bomb proof. They just run and run and run and run, and they require very little repair. When they do break, it's just, you know, reply. You just pull out mostly, you know, the electronic control board and Put in a new one. Uh, You know, blower motors and stuff like that do wear out as well. My point being that that's why they're so popular. Thanks for joining me the last three hours here. Stay tuned. Coming up next is your retirement professionals. Two o'clock business of family business. Scott Mosby enjoying the day and happy holidays, folks.